Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. 38 degrees and cloudy here at 410 on this Friday, February 2nd, 2024. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. I'm just going to start winging this show today because I haven't gotten to one thing I had on my schedule to really talk about. Uh, and, and we're going to get into the story that I mentioned a little bit um, after the uh, 420 news break uh, about the girl that was abducted and thankfully back safe with her family. We're going to get into that because I, I did have something scheduled to talk about for that. I'm just seeing now that Lackawanna County has posted on their Twitter, X, now formerly Twitter, now X, that they're hiring they're looking to follow, fill the following positions. The Director of Human uh, Services, the Director of Parks and Recreation, and the Director of Economic Development. You think you got a shot at getting any of those jobs by simply applying? I don't care what your background is. I got a turnpike to sell you. But they have posted, I think it's a legal requirement, that uh, they're hiring a Director of Human Services, Director of Parks and Recreations, and a Director of Economic Development. We know how that goes, but... They've met their obligation to post it, I guess. Um, and I, I'm really not sure. The ABC News break said that the U.S. has said they haven't begun strikes. But um, I have a statement here saying uh, U.S. defense officials have confirmed that between 8 and 12 sites in eastern Syria and Iraq used by the R IRGC and Iranian-backed groups have been targeted by U.S. Air Force within the last hour. And... Um, Based on reports widely available now, there's multiple explosions all over the Middle East. So if we're not doing it, who is? And what's with that U.S. defense official's statement saying that 8 to 12 sites have been struck? So uh, we'll get there. I saw this uh, Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, had posted this today, that the 64 times the Biden administration intentionally undermined border security. January 20th, 2021, President Biden terminated the national emergency at the southwest border, Proclamation 9844, thereby halting emergency construction of the border wall. January 20th, 2021, that same day, President Biden issued an executive order further entrenching the unlawful deferred action for childhood arrivals, DACA, program. With this action, President Biden directed the Secretary of Homeland Security in consultation with the Attorney General to preserve and fortify DACA, signaling to illegal aliens that his administration supports amnesty and that illegal aliens need not fear coming to the U.S. or worry about immigration enforcement. Also on that same day, January 20th, 2021, President Biden unveiled the U.S. Citizenship Act which would provide amnesty to millions of illegal aliens in the U.S., demonstrating intent to reward illegal border crosses with a pass to citizenship. Also on that same day, January 20th, 2021, President Biden revoked Trump-era executive order that was designed to ensure there was a meaningful enforcement of U.S. immigration laws. January 20th, 2021, again, the administration issued an executive action ending limitations and restrictions against immigration from certain countries associated with terrorism. Also on that day, the Biden administration announced a 100-day moratorium 
on deportations and immigration enforcement, effectively providing amnesty to criminal and other removable aliens and sending a signal that the Biden administration would not enforce the law. The administration also announced interim immigration enforcement guidelines that signal to illegal aliens that they do not have to worry about the possibility of deportation. February 1st, 2021, the Department of Homeland Security implemented Acting Secretary Pekoski's policy requiring a new process that shall provide for assessment of alternatives to removing, including but not limited to, staying or reopening cases, alternative forms of detention, custodial detention, whether to grant temporary deferred action or other appropriate action. February 2nd, just a day later, President Biden issued Executive Order 14010 and began processing asylum claims at the border. The EO, the president also signaled an end to migrant protection protocols, which is known as Remain in Mexico, while making other statements signaling an open border. February 6, 2021, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken suspended and began termination procedures for the Trump administration asylum cooperative agreement with El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. These agreements ensured aliens seeking asylum could do so in countries closer to their home country and in countries other than the United States. February 2021, the Biden administration voluntarily stopped applying Title 42 expulsions to children across the board, setting off a major wave of unaccompanied alien children family units, and illegal aliens generally leading, heading to the U.S. border. February 17, 2021, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, exempted unaccompanied alien children from Title 42 expulsion requirements, thereby encouraging UACs, unaccompanied alien children, to come to the U.S. and parents to pay cartels to smuggle their children to the U.S. border. February 25, 2021, the Biden administration sped up release of all unaccompanied children. March 2nd, 2021, according to news reports, the Biden administration lost track of 20,000 unaccompanied alien children, and President Biden was briefed on the need to expand detention and hold an additional 20,000 children who had illegally crossed the border. March 5th, 2021, faced with overwhelming numbers of unaccompanied children, in federal custody, the CDC ignored its normal facility guidelines regarding COVID-19 and notifies facilities caring for migrant children that they can open back up to pre-COVID-19 levels, acknowledging extraordinary circumstances. March 10th, 2021, Biden administration announced reinstatement of the Central America Minors Program, an obama Erie parole program that allowed citizens and aliens, including illegal aliens, to bypass the family-based immigration laws adopted by Congress and sponsor family members, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras, to come to the United States. March 16, 2021, DH Secretary Mayorkas delivered remarks effectively explaining the border is open for illegal immigration by stating DHS focus would be on processing illegal aliens, in other words, catch and release, and the creation of a new lawful pathways. March 20th, 2021, DHS began issuing illegal alien border crossers a notice to report to U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement as opposed to the standard notice to appear in U.S. Immigration Court. The NTR 
notice-to-report policy allows illegal aliens to simply be released into the United States and relies on them to self-report to ICE at a later date. March 30th, 2021, Office of Refugee Resettlement, OOR, took drastic actions to expand the detention space to house unaccompanied alien children in so-called influx care facilities, often using unlicensed facilities that lack child welfare experience. In March, April, and May of 2021, ORR expanded capacity to house another 24,000, including 10,000 at Fort Bliss. DHS was also holding children for longer period than allowed by law between 30 and 40 days. And because the flow of unaccompanied children across the border outpaced health and human services ability to vet adults who can care for the children. March 31st, the Department of Health and Human Services Office of Refugee Resettlement issued guidance rolling back requirements for background checks on adults in the household of unaccompanied alien children sponsors. April 30th, 2021, the Biden administration canceled further wall construction, which was being led by the Department of Defense. June 15th, 2021, the Biden administration announced expansion of the Central American Minors Program to broaden and list the list of illegal aliens who can sponsor family members through the program, including illegal aliens who claim asylum. June 16th, Attorney General Merrick Garland rescinded the Trump-era decision in master of LEA, thereby expanding asylum eligibility to allow nuclear or immediate family relationships to be treated as a particular social group. June 16th, 2021, Attorney Merrick Garland rescinded the Trump-era decision thereby expanding asylum eligibility to include gender and domestic relationships as certain social groups, reverting the policy under a matter. July 2021, the United States Border Patrol released at least 50,000 illegal aliens without giving them a notice to appear. What's a court date? Instead, advising them to self-report to ICE on their own, unsurprisingly, 87% of the aliens failed to report. August 5th, 2021, the U.S. Border Patrol authorized the use of parole plus alternatives to detention at the Del Rio border sector. August 17th, DHS announced the expansion of an alternate to detention, effectively reinstating expand the catch and release to announce the expansion of taxpayer-funded services for illegal aliens in removal proceedings. August 31st, 2021, the Biden administration released over 100,000 illegal aliens into the United States between March 21st and August 31st, 2021, without giving the aliens a notice to appear, instead advising them to self-report to ICE on their own. Of those, nearly 50% did not check in with ICE within the 60-day deadline. I've been going on for the past 15 minutes now. I'm only halfway done with this list of the 64 things that Biden has done to promote this manufactured crisis at the border. It's uh, 422 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. And I thank you, Rob. Looks like we have an accident on Route 6 West in Mayfield near the Chestnut Street Community Park and Islesworth Creek Park. So beware of that on Route 6 East Mayfield. We have bumper-to-bumper traffic on Main Street in Dixon City, bumper-to-bumper on North Kaiser Avenue in Scranton, Jefferson Avenue in Scranton, and Lakeawana Avenue in Scranton have heavy traffic as well. The good news, 
Nothing to report on 81 from the New York border to Hazleton, 476. The PA Turnpike also looks good to go. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone from the WILK Traffic Center with your Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Jeremy Luan. This afternoon, clearing and windy, high near 40. Tonight, cloudy, low 28. Tomorrow, decreasing clouds, full sunshine by afternoon, high 40. Saturday night, mostly clear and chilly, low 24. Sunday, gorgeous sunshine, high of 43. Monday, blend of sun and clouds, breezy, high 42. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 38 degrees and cloudy here at 426. If you happen to be near a TV and watching Fox News right now, we have uh, Commander Kurt Leopold, who's a regular guest on this show, on right now. Jake, that's him up on the screen if you got Fox in there. He's uh, been a guest on this show numerous times, and I expect to have him on in the ver- not-so-near future, at, at the very near future again. But uh, he's on Fox News right now giving his expert opinion about what's uh, the airstrikes campaign against Iranian targets in Syria and Iraq. Kirk Leopold, former USS Cole commander. Uh, giving his take, and again, it's usually one of the best. So uh, hopefully, I get him on soon once we figure out what uh, what the response was there. I was uh, talking about this incident of a friend of mine where a, a girl she's mentored, this 11 year old girl who lives next door, and uh, she's had her over. She teaches her how to bake. She spends some time with her. Uh, and she considers herself a mentor. That, that's the word she used. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Social media, 11-year-old girl, whatever interaction she was having, an individual coaxed her to come out in the middle of the night and meet them. Obviously, it was a nefarious situation. The person was a 38-year-old sexual predator who abducted the girl was gone for hours. Thankfully, the police were able, and I'm not sure the details of the case yet, uh, the police were able to locate them at the state border. And this happened in Tennessee. Confronted them. The uh, sexual predator attempted to run, actually did run over three detectives. Uh, They opened fire on him, killing him. And um, to be honest, I don't feel sorry about that. A, it appears the deadly force was justified and authorized. B, one less sexual predator in the world. And it goes to something, and and I'm, I'm going to see if I can get her on, not, not the girl, obviously, the neighbor, to say, because uh, she, I, I was aware of this before it was even public in, the, in the, the news, because she posted the missing person of her neighbor, this girl that she mentors and is over her house. She gets Christmas presents for this girl. She uh, brings her over and teaches her how to bake uh, homemade bread and cookies and such like that. You know, something, we all need mentors in life, and that's a great thing. But, you know, here's an 11-year-old girl that's wound up in social media. I believe it was Snapchat was the platform. And we've just had members of the all the social media platforms talking about this very stuff in Congress just, just yesterday, I believe. And... There's a story I'm seeing here where predators target children through online games. You know, you, you get those, you know, Grand Theft Autos and these players where you could play members, people on the Internet. 
that's a big avenue for people to do this. But Snapchat, TikTok, all those avenues, Instagram are also just as bad. What I want to get into, though, is this was an 11-year-old girl. If you have a child, and I don't care if it's a male or female child, that's 12 and under, you need to have total control of your kid's social media. You need to have total control of their electronic devices. You need to be able to take that device anytime you want and look through it, make it the norm. I understand it will be uncomfortable. I understand you'll get pushback. I understand they'll be angry. They're going to say they hate you. I don't care. Our kids are following morons, idiots, jerk-offs on social media because we are failing as parents. The fathers are failing. The mothers are failing. They are getting outside influence because we are not their greatest influence. And we need to become that again. It's not easy. But if you have a child 12 and under, you need to have total control of that electronic device. You need to be able to take it anytime you want and look through it. Search it. Make sure there's nothing nefarious in there. Make sure there's no pictures being stored. Make sure those devices aren't there. If they're on a on a platform like Snapchat, if they're on a platform like TikTok, you should have their login and passwords to where you can log in anytime you want and see what conversations were had. To see if while you're on, because uh, their friends on the internet can see if they're on or not, if someone's sending you nefarious stuff thinking it's your daughter or your son. Now between the ages of 12 and 16, it's a balancing act. We want to give our kids their privacy, I understand that. But we also want to make sure they're safe. That's our primary job. I don't care if you're not happy with me with what I do, but you're going to accept it. And if you start from a young enough age, if you start from when you first give them their device, once a week, and again, you don't even have to have the physical device. What platforms are you on? There's all sorts of safeguards you could put on on their phone where they can't download certain things. I'm telling you right now, if your child's 12 or under, you should be shutting their phone off at a certain time of night to where they can't get anything. They can't get online. You could do it through your, your router at home. You could do it through the device itself. If you have an Apple family plan, I'm not that familiar with Google platforms. There's ways to do it. There's safeguards there. Now, between 12 and 16, it's a balancing act. You want to give them a little privacy, but you also want to make sure they're safe. It's your, we're paying the bills for these electronic devices. It's as simple as that. So if push comes to shove, I don't care how angry you get. If you want the device, you're going to abide by my rules. You're going to meet me halfway. You're going to let me check that you're safe. And I'm going to explain to you exactly why I'm doing this. I don't care if you're cursing. I don't care if you're making silly jokes with your friends. I care about you coming up missing. You sending pictures that you can never get back again. Those are the things I care about. I care about your safety and well-being. And we're failing as parents because something like this is happening thousands of times a day. So I'm, uh, I'm pleading with you. Start to check on your kids. And for the next week, and make this a regular thing, take your phones away, and including your own, for an hour a week. Away. No phone whatsoever. Then go for an hour a day. Then go a couple hours. 
I've seen it done time and time again where there's a bowl that everybody puts their phone in and then they stay there unless it's an emergency. You know, during dinners and during stuff like that. We need to take control of our kids' social media platforms. You need to know what's going on. Thankfully, this young girl who made mistakes, believe me, she left her house in the middle of the night to meet a sexual predator. Now, what he said and how he coaxed her to do that, I don't know those details yet. But if we could prevent one other person from doing it, you need to have access to all your kids' social media. If they want to have Snapchat, you have the login and password. So you can do it from your device anytime you want. You can monitor that. And again, between 12 and 16 or 12 and 18, it's a balancing act that you need to decide. It's, it's, it's a negotiation where you have to feel how responsible they are, what trust you want to give in them. But still, every once in a while, there's going to be a spot check. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. You don't like that, you don't have the phone anymore. We have to protect our children. That's first and foremost. It's uh, almost 4.35 here at WILK. I apologize to Paul Michaels for the late news. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. At this point in the show, we're on our heroes here at home who made the ultimate sacrifice. 74 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day. Two from here in Pennsylvania. We're talking police, ed- police officer Edward Charles Bradley, Philadelphia Police Department, 1941. Was shot and killed when he and his partner responded to a man with a gun call at a roaming house near 11th and Jefferson Street. As Officer Bradley entered the entered through the door... He was shot and killed by the suspect. His partner and two other officers returned fire, killing the shooter. Officer Bradley was a U.S. Navy veteran in World War I and served with the Philadelphia Police Department for 14 years. We have Detective Charles S. Thurston, Pennsylvania Railroad Police Department, in 1920. Was shot and killed in Columbus, Ohio, while attempting to arrest a boxcar thieves in the Pennsylvania Railroad rail yards near Jefferson Avenue. Several railroad workers heard the number of gunshots and approximately 8 p.m. to Texas. Thurston's body was found two hours later behind the Columbus barracks, sustaining eight gunshot wounds to the back. He served with the Pennsylvania Railroad Police for five years. He was survived by his wife and three children. And uh, those are our two from here in Pennsylvania. It's uh, 37 degrees and cloudy here at 443. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 37 degrees and cloudy at 446. We're going to get to what's going on over in the Middle East in just a second there. We were talking about children's safety and our kids' safety and, and monitoring what they do on their cell phones, on their social media platforms, on their computers. Uh, again, if, you're, if your child has any sort of social media platform, I, I understand the the balance of trying to respect their privacy but i'm sorry their safety is paramount so you you need to have the logins you need to have the passwords for every platform they have you need to be able to take their device at any time and look through it when they go to bed ask them for it say hey you know i'm going to randomly go through this on a regular basis so if you have any questions or what it's not appropriate. If you want to talk to me about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, if you want me to tell you what I don't think is appropriate, we can have those discussions. And I want you to avoid those things. But I want to give you trust. That's why you have a device to begin with. But I'm also going to make sure you're safe. Let's go. You can call or text at 570-883-0098 in regards to that as well. Let's talk to uh, Larry from Plymouth on cell phones. Larry. Hi, Rob. Uh, I'll tell you what. If I had the power to do it, it was up to me. I would, ban, I would ban texting. I think it's stupid. 
People don't communicate anymore. They don't know how to talk to each other anymore. Do you, do you know the song, The Sound of Silence? There's a line in there that says, people talking without speaking. And that could really pertain to cell phone. They're talking with each other, but they're not speaking. People don't know how to communicate. And, and like I said, I, well, I used to work for, I retired from PennDOT. And one of my jobs was when there was a fatal accident, I'd have to go out and investigate it. And three times, three times, three girls at different instances, three girls got killed and they were texting when they did it. And they were going to see their, they're on the way to school. They were going to see their friend. They couldn't wait a half hour to see. They had a text. And one girl hit a big tree, another hit a rock, and the other one flipped over. I, I would definitely ban it. It's stupid. It's, I, never, I have never texted in my life. And when I was working, I had to use a cell phone a lot. But I'm retired 13 years now. In 13 years, I have used my cell phone about two hours. And I get along <laughs> fine. Yeah, good for you. Good for you. They they're definitely um, making us a dumber society. I, I oh, agree. I got you. I got you. Like I said, they, people don't know how to talk anymore. Yeah, yeah, no it's, doubt. It's it's crazy. And like I said, if I had the power, but which I don't. But anyway, but that's what I wanted to tell you for today, Rob. No, I appreciate it, Larry. You have a great weekend. You too, Rob. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye. Um, yeah, and I got some text messages in. Parents need to think about protecting kids against long-term harm and damage, not short-term inconvenience and anger. Great. We keep toddlers out of roads because they don't see the dangerous threats. We see the same principle is true with kids' internet smartphones. Another great advice. Great advice. Uh, my son didn't get a phone until age 14, and that's because other parents pressured me in case of emergency. He was not allowed to use uh, social media. To this day, he doesn't participate on Facebook. He has an account uh, on the marketplace for selling things. Um, too many parents are more interested in being their ch children's friend. Uh, they are their parents. Sad state of affairs. Wendy, uh, I agree with all those texts. And I'm telling you, if, if you're not doing this, do it. Uh, I did it when my kids were younger. I had access to their logins and social media passwords. And, and I'm telling you, it, there's there's a strange society out there. We, we see these predators... And predators aren't your picture of predators. When you, when you hear sexual predator, um, you think, okay, like this, this young girl, a 38-year-old sexual predator. If I showed you the picture, which is in the news now, um, who's now dead, thankfully, you'd look at it and say, yeah, that's a sexual predator. Uh, and I don't know, you know how he, what, what he used to coax this girl out. I think it was like 1230 at night or 1230 in the morning. To get to have her meet him, did he portray himself as a, a as a kid her age? Did he portray her, you know, as a sixteen or seventeen year old kid with a car? And hey, we're gonna do we're gonna do some cool things and such like that. I I don't know that yet. Um, thankfully, she's home safe. That's what I do know. But predators could be your daughter, your sons in eighth grade and sixth, seventh grade, and there's someone in twelfth grade. That there's those there's those predators all around us, and it starts off with hey send me a cute picture, oh send me this send me that and it girl or boy it doesn't matter we're seeing time and time again this this teacher that was all over the news, you know. It it it's happening all around us, and in every one of those instances there was some sort of communication going back and forth through electronic means. 
It could have been caught earlier. It can be avoided. Have these discussions. Have the open discussions. And the sooner you do it, the easier it is. The sooner you do it, the more the norm it'll become. And then as they get older, you give them a little more freedom and a little more freedom. And every once in a while, you do a spot check. You need a little more freedom. And hopefully, between the time they receive that electronic device and the time you finally set them out on their own, you've done the parental thing to do and show them what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what your expectations are, what will disappoint you, what will not, what will make you proud, what will make you angry, what will make you cause to get the police involved. It's our job as parents. And again, the sooner you do it, the better. But I don't care. If you have someone under 18 that has a cell phone that you are paying for, you need to have some sort of control over that device by either limiting it, checking it periodically, checking it on a daily basis. I mean, social media is becoming more and more a part of these people's lives, which is why I go back to limiting it, because it really shouldn't be. Believe me, I I get it. My wife will be the first to tell you I am 100% addicted to my electronic devices. Now, a big part of it is because of work. Another part of it is because I like to know what's going on. I use social media, though, for the purpose of bringing that to, to other people. You know, I post things on social media. But, it, you know, I'm more looking at news, looking at what's happening, looking at what's going on in the world, look at what's going on around my area. That's what I use social media for, where... Our children are using it to interact. I interact with very few people on social media except for comments here and there, um, you know, on public posts. But that's our children's number one form of communication now. That's how they're, that's their world. And we need to be part of that world. Not only do we need to be part of that world, we need to be the police of that world. We need to be the guardian of that world because that's what we are, right? We're the guardians. We're our children's guardians. Yes, we are. And if you need to make someone else to be the bad guy, hey, tell your kids you listen to me. He's a retired cop. I hear him. He made a lot of sense. I'm going to start doing this. You don't like it? Hate Rob O'Donnell on WILK. I don't care as long as your children are safe. But I'm telling you, you need to get involved with that. It will be uncomfortable. I don't care. You shouldn't care. You pay the bills. They're your children. The earlier you start it, the more you make it. Hey, it's not that I don't trust you. I don't trust the world. I don't trust those who are looking to harm you. So I'm going to make it uncomfortable for a little bit. If we can make it the norm, we make it the norm. But that's the way it's going to be. This is the way it's going to be. It's uh, 455 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Um, just looking at a story now from our sec from our area. Scranton Police. Uh, this happened. Uh, was posted at the Times Tribune 45 minutes ago. Scranton Police seek armed suicidal male. Scranton Police responded late Friday morning to the plot section a report of a suicidal male with a gun. Captain Dennis Lukowskiewicz said. The incident was reported about 10.40 a.m. The man was no longer in the area when police arrived. About 1 p.m., law enforcement authorities issued an alert to all Scranton police units in the field to be on the lookout for a man who had made suicidal statements involving a gun. 
Any officer coming in contact with him are advised to use caution and detain him. He had not been located around 3.15 p.m. And that's the uh, story that was just posted 45 minutes ago on the Scranton Times. I also see that uh, U.S. Central Command at 4 p.m. February 2nd conducted airstrikes in Iraq and Syria against Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard, Quds Force, and affiliated militia groups. U.S. military forces struck more than 85 targets with numerous aircraft, including long-range bombers flown from the United States. The airstrikes employed more than 125 precision munitions. The facilities that were struck include command and control operations centers, intelligence centers, rockets and missiles, and unmanned aerial vehicle storages and logistics of militia groups and the IRGC-sponsored who facilitated attacks against the U.S. and coalition forces. So we've struck 85 targets from US, as per U.S. Central Command. We'll see what happens. It looks like uh, two B-1 bombers flew from the U.S. to take part in the airstrikes in Syria and Iraq. It's uh, coming up on 5 o'clock here, 36 degrees and cloudy. And again, uh, just looking at the what's going on on TV now. I'll see if I can get you more information. But it looks like at this point the strikes are over, but that's the summary of it. 5 o'clock here at WILK.